On episode 210 of the Goblin Trashmasters, we're talking about how to take inventory. The fixed accumulated knowledge? No, how to take inventory of where you are in your magic growth. But I want to talk about accumulated knowledge. Then talk about accumulated knowledge, Anthony. No, I don't want to anymore now that you've said I have to. Fine, then let's just talk some trash. I don't want to talk... Well, someone is back from getting the, the plague. Yes, I am back alive. Back from the dead. Yes, it's. we're yeah. glad to have you. We're glad you're feeling better. We're you glad don't speak for dead. me. Shut Who's the it? fuck up, Anthony. Apparently, God doesn't love <laughs> Anthony <laughs> enough to kill me. <laughs> the one fucking time she listens to an episode. Shut up. That's not true. <laughs> I've listened to like you should have known. three. Yeah, it's not like she had, like, I mean, I mean, if you're stuck at home, like, you might as well. You know, that's right. Apologies for everybody that's listening that's stuck at home with COVID. Yeah, it, it ain't fun. It yeah, you not. you got COVID. I got basically the flu uh, that my spouse and I just passed back and forth to each other. That was I don't recommend that either. Just no. getting sick in general. It's going around. Just mm -hmm. be careful and uh, cover your nose, you dirty fucking bastards. <laughs> but hey, speaking of dirty bastards. It's us, the Goblin Trash Masters, the trashiest podcast in all of the multiverse or, I don't know, the Midwest. Who the fuck knows? But <laughs> we are three different magic players in different journeys in our competitive career. And we just have combos like we're tired as shit or drunk as shit in the back of a car driving home from a GP. I'm in the front of the car. I'm driving like a grandma. And I love it. <laughs> just like my grandma i'm also i'm also on a lot of while i'm driving you all i mean how else would you be able to drive <laughs> much like i like to say while i'm on a lot of i like to scream at people where are you now where are you right now so an extremely underrated part of everyone's journey through magic every stage learning how to play a land all the way up to the pro tour um is just being able to realistically self-evaluate and see where you are and what you need to work on. To be big picture stuff, too. Not so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like, where hey, this now? one point, I did that, and this is more of like, this is how I've been finishing yeah. events. Mm -hmm. This is like, oh, just look at it like as a sports team looking at their, their uh, midseason or their final record mm -hmm. what's your record kind of deal just to expand on what kyle's saying there we're not really so much talking about should you have dashed that ragavan or should you have played the ragavan for one and held up removal you know mm -hmm. those aren't the things that we're like focusing on right now what we're focusing on right now is like zoom way the fuck out way out yeah yeah and just like talking about your record now normally we say you know louis scott vargas always says don't be rotty don't do results oriented thinking but it's it's okay to every once in a while kind of look at your results and say this is where i am and the good news is that where you are can kind of give you a hint on what sort of things you're probably going to want to work on it's especially good if you like kind of hit a ceiling and you're just like okay i'm not sure i know there's a lot of deficiencies in my game and i'm not sure what to do your record can kind of give you a hint as to where you should be going. 
Yeah, kind of um like we said with the 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 broad picture zooming zooming way out, it's just it's kind of like try to be as broad as possible because mm-hmm. I know we and and I think being roddy in you know like really results oriented thinking when it's like specifics like no, I need to win this match, I need to win these matches. It's just more of like with, with this thinking about your results is like all right, I went 4-2 at this particular event and I went 4-1 at this one. And then I went three, two at this one. It's like seeing the trends of how you finish, not so much how you play, oh. but just where you're going. I'd zoom out even farther. My yeah. total record was 38 and 12 this season. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, you know, like that way, because things happen over the course of a game, um, you know, all the time. And you don't have to worry about, did I just... Man, I would have had this game if I had missed the land drop. If you zoom far enough out, you're not worried about that story. Mm-hmm. Ashley, when did, when when do you think people should be focusing on things like this? So if you find that you're playing a lot of magic and you're looking for what you need to work on next, you need a lot of matches to be able to look at this. And you can't zoom out if you've only played like one or two events this month. So yeah. you need a yeah. lot of reps. Yeah, I think that's a, a good distinction. It's like, like Anthony says, zooming way out where it's just, the season or even like halfway through the season like a big sample size not just like yeah. oh i played two rcqs this month i'm done you know like and if you're at a point where you're looking at your season you're just like i've played two things this whole season you know what you need to work on next what you need to work on is playing more magic yeah <laughs> it's it. as simple exactly. as that yeah like that's an easy one so if you're just like i don't have enough data to be able to look at this you just need to be you need to be you playing. need more data <laughs> you need more data to that's a that's a good sign. There's a very short list of human beings that can show up once a month and then just like perform at a really high level. And nobody here, and I'm gonna venture nobody listening is one of those people. They're very very rare. They're they're them unicorns. The magic <laughs> world. <laughs> I mean, as thrilled as I would be to find out that Kai Buddha is listening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as all of us would be thrilled if the, uh, if yes. he is one of our listeners. But yeah, not all of us are Kai Buddha. Yeah. Um, and I think you don't want to start looking at stuff like this if you don't have a good foundation of just the rules of the And I find that there's a lot more people that fall into that bucket than they think they do. Like, you don't mm-hmm. need to be an L2. No. But the fact of the matter is, I think in order to really be playing Magic, probably want to, like you want to have a good solid foundational understanding of how the game functions you should be able to look at a random stack and be like oh this is how this is going to resolve like you yeah. should be able to look at the board and the stack and be like okay this is what's going to happen and if you consistently find that you need help with that you're not making any game decisions because you're not what would your game decisions even be based on <laughs> like I'm right. going to do something and something random is going to happen. I don't know what or how or why. I'm just going like, to do the thing and see I'm how just it gonna goes. <laughs> do something and something else will happen. And I yeah. can't, it's a, if, if it's a black box, if there's just like, I, I do something and something happens and what happens in the middle makes no sense to me. Then again, I'd recommend just playing more and preferably playing in something that has rules of court, mm-hmm. um, like arena or magic online that yeah. like, it's like, Learning to play magic on those is like learning to bowl with bumpers. You cannot get a gutter ball in magic online. <laughs> yeah. Like there, it won't no... let you pass to the next thing until you actually give them an answer. You have to push the button. There are no like, oh, maybe, I don't know. The rules are the rules. And the and the, the game does it for you. 
And that's a great way to learn. Shout out Magic Online. It's not always right, but I'm willing, like we talked about this Magic Online episode, I'm Mm -hmm. willing to bet Magic Online is right. If it's a disagreement between Magic Online and random player, I'm willing to bet Magic Online is right over random. If if they're not talking about Wall of Roots. Yeah, (laughs) Wall of Roots. Ten years. Still bugged. S- s- still, still a piece of shit on my on. I'm, I'm thankful I'm seeing this get better for me. Um, playing modern, I am seeing a lot less things that are black boxes, um, and I'm getting accustomed to like the meta and their general interactions. So I'm still, still work to do. Still lots of reps to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, but it comes, it comes with you know, playing mm-hmm. more. Yeah, it, it like it, you get more reps in, and your understanding will follow. It's not. You're not right. just going in this like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, no, you, you, you've played a lot. You've had the reps in and it's less, there's no more fog. It's being lifted. You're like, oh, I understand what's happening now. It's not all new to me. Mm-hmm. So Jean Piaget has some ideas on childhood development and the like metacognition as a thing. <laughs> and that is that through repetition, as a child develops, you're able to kind of learn an interaction and learn how two things interact well enough that when two similar things interact, you can generalize. You can take the information you've seen, apply it in a new context with similar things and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I can accurately predict what's going to happen. Like if I'm a a child, because children are very stupid. If I'm a child and I see my pet dog and my pet cat, and when they bump into each other, they face each other, the cat hisses, the dog gets real low and starts wagging his tail and the cat smacks him on the nose and runs away. I can say, oh, Snowball does this to Snuffles. And then <laughs> I see a cat at my classmate's house and they run into a dog. I can, I get to a point in my development as a child that I can generalize and say, maybe that's not a Snowballs and Snuffles thing. Maybe that's a cat and a dog thing. And then maybe you start saying, as a magic player, as you're developing, maybe you start getting to the point where you're like, maybe this isn't a Rift Bolt and a Tefiri thing. Maybe this is a Suspend Cards and Tefiri thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the core of that, in both examples, the important thing is the experience in the first place. Right. Yeah. A child that's never seen any cat or any dog is not going to make a great assumption about what a cat and dog's interaction is going to be like. Right. And the only way to do that is to play a lot of magic, lose, and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how, how are you ever going to run through a motherfucker face if you just don't try? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get run over a lot. <laughs> but you learn. I guarantee you when Marshawn Lynch was a child, he got knocked over by like older cousins and siblings and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guarantee you. Definitely. You um, fought back. <laughs> and I think another big thing is you know you're ready for this assessment, type of assessment, if you've uh, worked with fundamental concepts, the stack, prior, the, the mechanics of a turn, mm-hmm. um, how to put a spell on the stack, things like that. When you've worked with those enough that you can discuss them accurately, yeah. that's a good sign. And then like some basic game theory concepts like mana usage, pressure, posture, and you're able to like those those have weeded their way into your vocabulary. You're using them accurately and you're able to communicate with other people. Like that's usually a good sign that things are lining up for you to the point where you should be thinking about doing something like this. Right. 
And that's that's something I'm actively working on. There are a lot there are a few concepts like game theory concepts that I hear players talk about and I just don't feel like I can meaningfully contribute. And I'm like, I want to meaningfully contribute. And the only way mm-hmm. I can do that is to continually mm-hmm. work on them and continually look at them and continually listen to what they're saying and then try to apply it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel you. I feel you. Like, like at work, sometimes if I'm talking to somebody and like, de- uh, like development operations or something like that, and they'll talk mm-hmm. about like containerizing this or yeah. deployment of this to that and this to that and a bucket here. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're saying. I don't <laughs> understand what any of these words mean. I don't mm-hmm. get it. And it can feel it can feel alienating, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like you kind of know that you're getting ready to to kind of engage with this topic when even if you're not like 100% on top of all of it, you're starting to be able to engage. And if you're not, if you find that you're not there yet, um, first of all, I would recommend sticking to this with trusted, competent players. Because people right. misuse jargon all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like people will talk about pressure and like not super understand what they mean by that sort of thing. They'll just right. say it because they heard other people say it. And don't. Fully yeah, understand. yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, ha- we've all met those people that I'm just like, I'm pretty sure chat GPT's logic is just based on you <laughs> where you're just like, you don't really understand what you're saying. You're just associating it with you're just saying a word that you've heard often. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next to the word that preceded it. And then you just say that over and over and over again. It's the people that sound like fucking predictive text on an iPhone. Sorry, Ashley, uh, for not for for poverty phone users. That's oh my when, God. I'm sorry. Get the fuck out. Green bubbles, red flags. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I'm a red flag and you still hang out with me. So, you know, really, who's at fault here? You know what? When you look at somebody through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just kind of look like flags. Well, there's the definition of our friendship, I guess. Jesus. (laughs) Wait, what I said was nice. I said was nice. (laughs) All right. Next point. Why should I do this? So the the why is basically it can be very easy to become hyper-focused on individual games like we talked about. And you feel like you're performing worse than you should or your results are just not indicative of where you are. And you're probably wrong. Yeah, you're probably winning my this all operates under the general assumption that you win the matches that you should win. Yes. Um, And there are outliers. But if you zoom out long and wide enough, those outliers become less and less significant. If you are losing more than half your matches, I just don't know of anybody that's, quote, unlucky, end quote, enough to lose more than half of their matches while playing well over an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? And like sometimes things just repeatedly don't break your way and that happens. But if you zoom out and things are repeatedly not breaking your way, your first assumption is probably wrong. You're probably not playing well. You're probably playing like you have a recent head wound. Yeah, I think it's being brutally honest with yourself and not trying to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And there's some people that like, you know, yourself, right? Like some people need more self-encouragement. And some people are more motivated by, you know, being a little harder on themselves. Mm. I tend to kind of make a general assumption that that kind of there's a correlation there between that and how many how much team sport you played growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think this is especially a good exercise to do. 
Um, if you're like really wanting to do something, do some progress, but you're just like feeling really tilted or frustrated with the past event, like the just last event, you're just like, oh my God, a bunch of things just didn't break my way, this and this and this, feeling kind of tilted. Zoom out, do this on the ride back. Mm -hmm. This is a great, this is a great ride back from the GP type of discussion to have. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So if you want to actually do this, how you would go about doing it is you'd break down your results into groups. And when I say groups, I mean, like you need the results of your matches for a given time period. Groups are like event level. If you use MTG top eight, which you should be think about like the star system for MTG top eight, where different mm -hmm. tiers of events, like, you're not going to want to put your results from FNM and just toss them in the bucket with your results from a regional championship because yeah. your opponents that you're playing against at the regional championship are better. They're just better. Yeah. Um, so you kind of don't want to, you don't want to, you want to be able to compare apples to apples and you're, you're tracking this, right? Right. <laughs> like I am. I think everyone should be tracking this information at the very least. You should be like, you don't have to track. Like we have a tracker that I'm going that's going to be available that anyone can copy and just like use themselves. But like at the, like, it doesn't have to be that detailed at the very least, you should be able to say, Hey, this is my overall record match wins, match losses, match draws for the past season. And if you can, I'm just, what are we, what, what are we doing? Then yeah, you don't have enough, you don't have enough data to zoom out because as soon right. as you zoom out, you're just like, oh, I, I haven't recorded anything. You need that, that data or else you're just, you're just talking nonsense. And uh, I learned this one the hard way. Don't mix formats. No. Compare just, modern results yeah. to modern results. And you're so a pioneer, standard to standard and so on. Yo, it's so funny when you look at same results, same difficulty level event, yada 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 all the way down the board my standard win percentage is like 20 points higher than my modern win percentage yeah. it's unreal you do love some standard yeah standard is bay and mm -hmm. like i i recommend just sticking with this do this for an rcq season like mm -hmm. we're about to we're we're nearing the end of modern season we're going to be moving into standard season track your results for our standard season if you haven't been tracking track them Use the tracker that we have, or just like write it down on a napkin, tattoo it on your own, or tattoo it like the the black speech on the one ring, just <laughs> around your asshole. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just you should be tracking your data in some way. That won't be effective to actually look at the data. Mirrors well, exist, Ashley. Well, sure. Yeah, you can just yeah. show it to us. You know, it's it's easy. <laughs> we'll write it down. The ring of wow. power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be checking you at least match win. But, you know, if you can do your game win percentage and your matchup data, that's cool, too. And uh, t testing data, too, but its own category. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that you should, like, at, if you're just testing a bunch of matchups for modern or whatever, mm -hmm. you should just have the spreadsheet next to you. If you're testing and you're not recording things, you're not actually testing anything. You're just playing games of magic, which is fine. Go off, play games of magic. It's a fun game. But like when you like, you're not testing. If you're just playing games. If testing means that you're recording the results, like what a yeah. test is. You're interested <laughs> in the results. Yeah, I think there's a difference between getting reps in and actually testing for like a format, a deck, an event type things. If you just want to get reps in, play as much games 
as humanly possible so you get a feel of what your deck is what the format is and be like okay so it's understanding this is what these cards are but if you're like testing like hey what's this against that what's this against these specific decks what's my sideboard of matchups like my non-sided board matchups you have to have data for testing you have to have notes you have to have actual things that you're recording not just i'm gonna jam a bunch of games so i figure out you know what the fuck magic is thank you don't get me wrong like jam a bunch of games so i can figure out what the fuck is going on is a totally valid way to figure out yeah. what the fuck is going on just mm-hmm. don't look me in the eyeballs and tell me that you test it because that's not what that is there needs to be spreadsheets only spreadsheets are i want to at least see something written down yes how many more games did you win with the sideboard done the certain way versus how oh, many yeah. with it sideboarded a different way is this one winning you more games against this specific deck you know Mm -hmm. that sort of thing data so i say this being not the greatest data keeper myself so i'm saying this for myself as well well i mean we're not all (laughs) anthony you know no i spreadsheet just yeah (laughs) i'm definitely going to use the spreadsheet now that i know it exists uh, but you know i this is not something that i considered so some things that this process is not it ain't it it is not a way to look at specific play patterns or uh, that need development. Nope. You're intentionally abstracting this information away. You're zooming out so you can't see that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. Of- this is not a confidence builder. Uh, no. Definitely not a confidence builder. You're. No. It's broad, but you're still being critical. <laughs> the often miscited or referenced study that 80% of drivers think they're above average. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're probably overestimating your own abilities in this game. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. Yeah. So it's easy to think that like I'm playing down or I'm playing worse than I should or my results are worse than my, my skill level should be because where your skill level should be in your mind and where your skill level is on paper, there's a delta between those two points. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing here is we're shining a flashlight on that delta and we're saying, look at your inadequacies. Anthony Look how terrible all you the are. Time. Confront your inadequacies. He has a flashlight specifically well, for I'm, me. W- there is a recording. I forget which fucking episode where we talk about, hey, uh, like you should have played around spell pierce he- here. Uh, that's what how the normal person would say it. Anthony goes, do you have a head wound? Did you forget that the, car- the fucking card spell pierce exists, you idiot? That's how he says it. So, of course, he's shining the flashlight in your eyeballs going, you're terrible. <laughs> Confront your inadequacies. Look at them. <laughs> Confirm. But, it, but it's honestly, it's actually a good thing to to do. Because if you want to go to events and every time you sit down, you are planning to win. These are the things you got to do. It's not just like, I'll sit down, I'll play a bunch of games of magic and I'll just get there. Right. No, like not everybody's a prodigy. It just understands this game. You got to put the work in and sometimes you have to be, you know, quite critical on yourself. But be, don't don't be don't be as harsh as Anthony. You know, give yourself no. some credit. <laughs> also, I guarantee you no one in this world is as hard on me as me when it comes to these mistakes. I mean, no one is fucking disputing that. <laughs> no. And I'm not as hard as other pe- on other people as I am on myself. That get tempered a lot. What this also isn't is a way to justify playing less Magic the Gathering. Yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to, your conclusion at the end of this is definitely not going to be, huh, I think I'm playing too much Magic. Probably not. No, your conclusion is I should probably play more (laughs) and play it the correct way. I should, I should play more, but I should look at how I'm playing to see if that is something that is affecting my results. And like, it's okay to look at this and be like, 
I don't want to play more match. That's fine. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But then understand that you're going to, barring some, barring some absurd fate of genetics that I really don't believe exists for this game, like, you're just going to not perform as well as the people that put it effort. You know? Yeah. yeah agreed. And I, I like your point of you saying it's you if you don't want to play more magic, that's that's fine because it also lets you realize like, hey, I every time I sit down at a, a table at a game of magic at an event that matters, I would like to win. But I'm also being honest with myself that I'm not willing to put in a ton of work to consistently do this. Yeah, so this absolutely. is just more of a hobby that I'm slightly competitive in. That's and that's completely f- that's great. I think more people like that should show up to RCQs I'm playing in. Yes, more people do that. Yeah, I love that shit. Sure. Free dub is a free dub. <laughs> like, that's great. Like, I I feel like I can tell if I sit down across from somebody, I, I can just immediately tell them just like, oh, okay, you put it no not yeah. no work on this. Or my favorite is uh, I sit down, I play against somebody. It's like f- the first four turns. And I'm like, you saw a cool deck list on Twitter and just said, fuck it. We're going to play it and yeah. never looked at it. And there's all kinds. Of, there's a, it takes it takes all sorts. Um, but like the same sort ends up winning most of these events. Yeah. And it's the people that put in the work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so like this is an example of it. Uh, frankly, it's super easy to rationalize away individual losses and admit yourself the last result. Oh, that's not indicative. That's not who I am. I'm playing down. That's what I should be finishing higher than I am. But the larger the sample size, the more certain you can be that the results you're getting are accurate and telling you where you are. Mm-hmm. If you win 30% of your games in one event, that sucks. Like you're not doing shit. Yeah. That event, you're, you're, you're going home early. Okay. Yeah. If you're winning 30% of your games over the course of a season, you're you're playing badly like there's no there's no i just got unlucky for 200 games in a row yeah the maths ain't math and think just remember that given a large enough sample size things will gravitate towards the mean Mm -hmm. things will move towards the average like what your average result is is where you should expect like if i'm Mm -hmm. winning on average 60 percent of my game oh i'm doing great that's good yeah okay if I'm winning 60% of my games, there are days that I'm going to win fewer than 60%, and there's going to be days where I win more than 60%, okay? Um, to win an event, you basically need to be able to maintain a 67-point win percentage across that event, like the full length of the event. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's also the minimum. Like, you're not winning that event, any event, whether it's a three-rounder at your local game store or, or, seven. or yeah, fifteen round grand like prix. Yeah. yeah, any of it yeah. doesn't matter. Sixty, it's a percentage. Do you all ever experience this where people just like don't understand what a percentage is? Yes. I have a, a fun fun conversation starter that I like to say, and that is, what would be the maximum percentage of a body of water that could be corpse juice that would make <laughs> you no longer willing to swim in that body of water? I, I mean, probably one percent. Yeah, because like some people be like zero. And I'll be like, okay, but you've been in the ocean, so you have to acknowledge that some percentage of the ocean is corpse juice. Most of it. And they're just like, yeah, but the ocean's really big. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) but what a percentage is, and they're just like, well, it depends on how big the body of water is. And I'm just like, okay, 
but what a percentage, percentage. is. So uh, it's under. So the sixty-seven percent win is like for every three games you play, you win two of them. You win mm-hmm. all your matches. You know, you did mm-hmm. it. That's the trick. Um, it's uh, that number doesn't come up out of. I'm not pulling that number out of my ass. That's where. Well, but what we talked about at the beginning of the this episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. the your results are actually in your ass, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I. I wish I had it. I wish that in the black speech around my asshole, <laughs> there was a 67% overall win rate <laughs> in all events. That unfortunately is not the case. It was a misspelling. <laughs> yeah. Most event winners are going to have a game win percentage that's higher than 67 because you're not going to lose them. You're not going to drop a game every match, you know? And there can be stretches where you skew higher than that and stretches where you skew lower than that. A lot of the time, those stretches can be based on things that you just can't control. But getting your average win percentage higher means that you're putting yourself in a better position to ride the peaks and survive those valleys. I really like that that point of just putting yourself in in a better position because we all run into tough matchups at every event we play in. But if you're setting yourself up to, like you said, survive those low points, like that's that's a good thing. We talk about it in gameplay. We're just you know, if you play a certain way and set up for top decks, your top decks do get better. It's the same thing with your your um mm-hmm. your win percentage. If you set yourself up to get through the tough parts, you know, it, like you said, there are things we can't control, but you can get through them if you set yourself up correct. Exactly. Exactly. You be looking at winning your favorite matches so that the ones that are tougher for you to get through and you win less of those matches, it doesn't mm-hmm. swing that percentage so much. Lower, yeah, like we you said, you, you, wanna... win, you win the games you're supposed to. Yeah. Right. So look at it this way. If you average around 55%, your valleys dip you into 45% territory and your peaks put you in 65% territory. Even riding very high does not put you in a winning position. So let's let's say your average is 60% instead. With the same uh-huh. te- yeah. with the same 10% spread, you really don't need to have too much of an outlier of a day to put yourself into a position to win an event. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like everybody, everybody that's winning one of these, everybody that's winning an event is having an above average day, probably, you know, yeah. the bigger <laughs> event, the more certain that is mm-hmm. um, like you're not winning your open. You're not winning your RC. You're not winning. Most people aren't winning their RCQs unless they're having a bit of a positive outlier of an event. Right. Yeah. But if your win percentage is like 50 percent a super spiky, positive outlier of an event. Like you're like, things are really breaking my way. Puts you at like 57, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's a, yeah. seven points is a big swing, you know? Yeah. So like that outlier of a day isn't enough to get you over the hump. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's where magic gets, it's gets so like interesting and weird and frustrating. It's where it's just like you having just a day where everything breaks and it's like, seven percent or it's just like i instead of going three two i went four one because of a little percentage or mm-hmm. you know it's just little things because you see that in a lot of events where you see a lot of good players like oh i just missed that on top eight it's like what was your record it was six rounds like oh i, I was four one going into the sixth round i'm four two now and then yep. tiebreakers it's like all these little percentages but like you played well and you had like an like you said an outlier of a day in a sense like yeah things were breaking your way but even then it's just yeah you know the little thing (laughs) yeah and it's just like little it's it's a very small gap between between you know winning and losing yes and 
just the way that's just the way it's going to work. And that's that's okay when that happens, you know, but just understand that, like, putting your average higher means you need less of an outlier to do well. Knowing where you are is important to being able to identify what you need to work on. So let's look at some result matrices and see what assumptions we can make based on that data. These are all estimated ranges and other people may draw different conclusions based on their these numbers. This is assuming you are playing against normal RCQ quality opponent in a non-internal format. So if you're like sub 40% game win percentage, I would interpret that as you being in a learning stage. You know, you're working on gameplay basic. Like there's likely a deficiency in the basic rules of the game. You're likely not resolving your cards correctly and you're likely not taking forced actions. And when I say forced actions, I mean you're just like not interpreting what is happening on the board effectively enough to know if I do this, I have to use this removal spell right now. If I don't use it right now, I just die. Like I have a terminate in my hand. I'm at three life and a three power attacker is hitting me. If I'm just like, okay, go to damage. That is the type of, that's the type of thing that's happening in this learning stage. Most of your losses are probably due to unforced errors. Things that like, just, just like basic understandings of the rules and then like gameplay basics, basics, like how to when you need to use a removal spell or when you need to not make an attack that leaves you dead on board like you're falling in this stage you are dying to onboard tricks a lot like like you're 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 just like i think ashley you and i played a game where mm-hmm. um and this is an example that's coming to mind where you were on like burn and i was on scam or something like and i had a 4-4 fury and you like pointed to could target a creature burn spells at my face and then I untapped and killed you with the fury. That's an example of like, there's a forced action. You needed to do something just to not lose that turn. Right. And you just took a different action. Or missing things like um, Castle Embrith that's visible on the field. Oh, yeah. Dying to a Castle Embrith is yep. like, that's that's one as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like, that's just like an onboard trick. Yeah, I yes. think that you should just, and people that find themselves in this category need to just like the best way to do is just start playing the most expensive spell you can cast every turn and then work on identifying when it's better to do something else. And then be prepared to explain to someone, your battle buddy, why. Your battle buddy. Yeah. All of your gameplay decisions are more difficult than people operating in other percentage ranges because you Mm -hmm. are not effectively eliminating illegal plays or decisions that immediately lose you the game, meaning you have way more options floating around in your head than everyone else. Yeah, like imagine I'm imagine somebody that's operating at a higher level is just like, okay, if I do this, then it just it just kills me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go down that path of what if I do this and look at the dozen lines that can spring out from that. If there's right. a branching path down that way. I don't have to be like, oh, I need to look at every single one of these. I know that this one path, if I do that, it's just going to result in a loss. So I just cut that path off and don't look at it. Versus somebody that can't tell those things is forced to explore every one of those lines as if it were Mm. valid, where somebody with more experience might be able to just cut the whole thing off. And um, in machine learning, this is a concept referred to as alpha beta pruning. This is something that human beings are naturally very, very, very good at doing. We're very good at doing things like that. We don't have to think about all of the different ways 
that we would turn a steering wheel to survive if we were on the interstate and just started by making a, trying to make a 90 degree turn into the median. We're effectively eliminating (laughs) all of the branches down that decision path by saying basically everything that happens down the decision path of going 70 on the interstate, turning into the median, all those decisions are bad. I'm just going to cut them all. I'm going to not even explore them. Your Anthony and want to drive into the median. The appel de vide. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So not being able to, being at a point where you're not able to prune those big lines that have subdecisions within them means you have to explore all those subdecisions, which is why newer players or less experienced players take so much goddamn longer to do everything. That's that's the main point you were getting to. Just Sorry, everyone, Anthony. Everyone well, gets that's quicker. Why, <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing. I think the best way to uh, learn alpha beta pruning is let the kid put their fucking hand on the stove. Let just just the, let them do it. Let the little fucker touch the stove. And then you don't have, then they, then they'll learn. They'll be like, oh shit, basically everything after me touching the stove is bad. I just don't, I'll just avoid that whole right. decision tree. What if I touch the stove with my tongue? What if I touch the stove with my toe? What if I gently caress the stove with the side of my face? What if I touch it with my finger? What if I like give it butterfly kisses? All of those lines get eliminated if you let the kid touch the fucking stove once. That's why I tell people, if you're in a position where you're doing this, just play the most expensive spell every turn. Just start doing stuff. You'll learn what lines need to be pruned when you crash into the fucking median. Sorry to mix a metaphor. Actually, not sorry. (laughs) Never sorry. Or just playing the first thing that comes to mind. Like your first decision that that you see. Just make the decision and do it. But make that decision the most expensive spell every turn. Okay. Well, I didn't think it had to be the most expensive spell to always be wrong, but but if you, you know. make if you make the, if you play the most expensive spell every turn and you're wrong, it's not always wrong. It's usually it's going to be right more often than it's wrong. Like in present day non-eternal formats, it's going to be right more often than it's wrong. And then when it's mm-hmm. wrong, you're going to find out that it's wrong yeah. real quick. Um, so that's why I always say start with that and then run into those fucking hurdles, run into them head first, go full speed. Like Jesus, uh, take the wheel. You take the fucking wheel. You take the fucking. <laughs> you take the fucking wheel on this trolley and run directly into the divide between platform nine and platform ten, Kings Cross Station. God, I tried to do that as a bit, but I just ended up being charged with the death of an owl. Aww. Did you know that there, like, a bunch of owls are endangered in the UK, and they do not like you killing them on train stations? I bet not. Kill owls. That's yeah. Is it killing an owl to believe in magic, Kyle? If you, actu- if you actually kill an owl, then yes. <laughs> an owl died. Note my use of the passive voice. Oh, All right. Lord. Can we move on from owl murder? <laughs> I kind of just want to say no, but yeah. <laughs> in the spirit uh, of compromise. Does Anthony Jesus. get to be the owl murderer now? I mean, was he never not? <laughs> Apparently not. I just don't trust anything that poops out of its mouth. Oh my god! All right, the next is below average players. So if you're trying forty to forty nine, forty to forty nine would be below average. Yes, and in this, you'd be focus on your focus would be on fundamental skills like mana efficiency, arbitrage, Mm -hmm. you know, format knowledge. Uh, It's also possible that there is an out of game issue like losing focus on the game. I think that's a big thing where Mm -hmm. it's just you know 
you get distracted by yeah. whatever the hell's happening outside of the actual game of magic. In present day, like post 2018 magic, just playing your cards, your cards doing what they're supposed to do. Like cards don't have drawbacks. There's not like you're not playing brainstorm in post 2018 non uh, non eternal format, right? Just playing your cards should be good enough to win you about half of your games. Yeah. So if you're below this in your game win percentage, your gameplay decisions are making you less likely to win. Your gameplay decisions are worse than if you just played your spells. Than if somebody just played the most, ex if, if, a, if a bot just played the most expensive spell it could every turn. This is interesting, too, because it's it's like a subtle jump from like the, 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 you know, somebody learning the game to being a below average player. And like we've talked about before this, like it's very, there's not much difference once we go up all these, these tiers of, you know, win percentage with playing, but there's, it's, it's subtle, but it's not a huge jump, you know, from somebody learning, going to below average and then so on. Hmm. So just, you know, in this, in the simple things, just play your cards, your win percentage will go up in, in this day and age of magic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's fine. Now, when we're saying non-eternal formats, that does not include modern. Modern being very much an like eternal format. Mm. Yes, very much so. Um, and then past that, then your fifty to fifty-four percent range. I like to call that the F and M end boss mm -hmm. range. If you find yourself in this range, you're making decisions that win you games more often than decisions that lose you games. That's good. good. That's good. We want progress. That. You are making decisions that are better for you than if a good opponent mind slaver. Okay. Good old um, mind slaver. Yeah. Um, you likely want to start on developing more advanced skills if you're at this point, like managing mm -hmm. information transmission, uh, non arbitrage, uh, non non arbitrage like analysis, uh, conditional planning trees, stuff like that, mm -hmm. and like. All of these things may sound interesting, but it's it's really it's scaffolding, right? You really need to have a good understanding of the rules to be able to get out of learning. You need to have a decent understanding, even if it's not a formal understanding. It needs to at least be a decent understanding of like how to do arbitrage in order to do non-arbitrage decisions. You know, mm -hmm. you need to be able to know how to play around Bolt when it's free to be able to know how to play around Bolt when it's not necessarily free. You need to be able to understand how to use your mana efficiently in order to do the advanced skill of how to make your opponent not use their mana efficiently. Because that's a really cool sub game that happens in a lot of games of magic. How do I make mm -hmm. my opponent not get to use their mana? And if you don't understand mana efficiency, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, above yeah. that, once you get in like the 55 to 60% game win range, I think that's like the RCQ grinder, right? Yeah, I'd say so. You're playing in like a lot of ours, a lot. Yeah. And you're usually putting yourself in top eight convention. Like mm -hmm. it's not un unusual for you to be in, you know, your top eight contention. Like you're top eighting a, a reasonable percentage of the time or you're getting really, really close to top eighting. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're winning 55% of your games, you're probably knocking on the door of that top eight. You're, you're getting there. Yeah. That's Let's say the recommendation for for this this group of players is identify the weakest advanced skill and address it individually. So yeah, it's, it's usually as the most opportunity for growth. Like pick one thing that you're like, I think I need the most work here and focus in on that part. Yeah, this is a point where you can look 
you can say, hey, I've done this and I'm looking at my win percentage and I'm saying I'm in this category. Okay, that means I'm going to pick whatever my worst skill is on that advanced skills list and then kind of focus on that one because that's the one that has the biggest opportunity for growth or mm-hmm. show you the biggest jump. 100% agree. The 60 to 66% range, which puts you at RCQ and boss. People with their win percentage in this range find that they don't tend to need a lot of cracks at an RCQ to win one and qualify. Mm-hmm. Consistently putting themselves in a situation where a fortunate break here or there is enough to put them over the hump and win. Recommendation for this group is similar to the previous, but you should acknowledge that your returns on effort in developing a skill are going to start diminishing. Yeah, going to because become... you just don't have nearly as much growth to be done. Like you're going to have to do a lot more work to get a lot smaller gains. Okay. I think just with, with this particular tier, it's the trying to keep yourself consistent. You know, trying to keep your your what whatever you're doing is working, and, and try to do that consistently to have yourself be here. Because yeah. like it's you're at an advanced level, you're doing really really well. But I'd say like one slip up or just like oh I'll take a, a week off, a month off, and then you got to go right back into it, and you could lose that you know rcqn bus status like that that type of mm-hmm. like win percentage because you, you like it's advanced skills you're playing super super well super tight and getting a few breaks here and there but you're winning consistently but you gotta you gotta keep with it not all of us are gonna be able to keep that grind mentality and keep up this kind of win percentage without the work yeah and i think like an often undervalued part of being in this tier is that people often find themselves like plateauing out and having trouble mm-hmm. moving from here because there's not yes. a whole lot of room to grow from here um, unless you kind of hop over into a bigger pond. And at this yes. point, you're probably mm-hmm. a pretty big fish in a pretty small pond. Mm-hmm. Like if you're getting these kinds of numbers at your FNMs, then probably need to be playing in bigger events because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going you're gonna, to, A, A, your ability to get better is going to be really harmed by playing against weaker opponents. And B, the likelihood that your skill backslides is is really possible if you're just at Mm -hmm. this point and continuing to play against weaker opponents. And that's why I think that it's like, this is kind of like a point where like the skill you kind of want to work on is more of a social one than a magic one at this this level, at this range. Because unless you're being a real shitbird, Mm-hmm. Um, probably caught the attention of some more some of the more skilled people in your area, yeah. right? They've probably played against you, um, and they might want to talk about game stuff with you. Jump at that. That's great. There's no more surefire way to fall out of love with magic and to see yourself stop improving than to continue to be the best player in your play group. Yeah. Kind of always want to find that bigger fish challenge yourself play better players mm-hmm. and like the swiss pairings are really really good at putting you in that situation right oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah because you keep playing against better players until you lose to them yeah if you if you right. keep winning you're gonna keep playing against really good players yeah and just better and better and better on mm-hmm. average and i think that a lot of people might be a little hesitant to kind of leave their old group behind at which i say yeah. tell them to fuck off see you later <laughs> or you can be like reasonable and just still hang out with them i guess you can still I hang guess. out you can still hang out with your friends like that's fine but like just don't play magic with them because you're better than them. <laughs> be, be open to be open to you know kind of 
switching it up and playing some with these better players if you have the opportunity to, which again, as long as you're not being a total asshole, you're going to probably have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, because if the same, you know, if the same semi-pro player is running into you in the finals of every 1K in the state that you're playing in, mm-hmm. they're going to notice. They're not, they're not, they're going to notice. And that it's not, it's not all or nothing. You spending time with other people and other groups doesn't mean that you have to swear off the the previous one it's not the fucking illuminati it's not mormonism <laughs> you can still like talk to your family even if you leave the church you can have other friend groups you yeah. can branch out and talk to other people it's fine <laughs> and i promise your friends are going to be happy happy for you and keep in mind that if you're looking at it from like an acts of service kind of attitude which i often do that usually means that i get to bring back cool information for them too And the last tier, the final boss, the final boss is 66% or higher. And this is your average win percentage, right? Game win percentage. And I just call this the dibs tier because at this point you just go to an RCQ and you call dibs. Like it's mine. (laughs) Yeah. Because if your average win percentage across an entire season is 66%, then that means that winning the RCQ is the average outcome. That is the average outcome, right? And for what it's worth, I was firmly in the dibs tier for Pioneer. For Pioneer, for sure, yeah. For Pioneer RCQCs, I was in the dibs tier, as in um, I just, like, repeatedly won the first Pioneer RCQ I played. Yep. Um, And that's because, like, if you're at, like, 67%, then that's an average performance, and an average performance that's good enough to win your event means that Winning the event is expected. It's the average. Something Mm -hmm. you'd have to be having kind of a low dip not win to not be winning that event, which is wild to think about, which is why the dibs tier is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous place to be. Yes. (laughs) I think Pioneer has matured enough, even at the RCQ level at this point, where I think that if we were to run back a Pioneer season, I would not be firmly in the dibs tier. Mm. You have to work for it a little bit. Well, yeah, I just don't I just don't believe that a pioneer season started up again today that I would have a 66 percent game win percentage, even with mono green. That's fair. Yeah, Yeah. it's changed enough. Yeah, it's matured. It's matured Um, like a fine wine. It's (laughs) aged like fine milk. No, Um, but like Reed Duke would be happy with a 67 percent win percentage. I don't think Um, anybody would be sad with that. But like, I mean, this is what. Even Hall of Famers like him shoot for. Like, but like it's it's so weird because a lot of people kind of look at like the American grading scale and are like 67%. Yeah. That's like a failing grade or a D plus if you go to public school. I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't that's really like sixty percent or higher is passing, I think. Yes. Something it is. like that. Is it really? Oh my god, the soft bigotry of lowered expectations. <laughs> Wait, who said that? Googling. I'm pretty sure it was you. That's where I hear it. I just hear you say it a bunch. Oh, that's Michael Gerson. What does that sound familiar? Oh, Michael Gerson uh, wrote it. He's a speechwriter, and it was in a speech uh, spoken by uh, George W. Bush. Oh, my God. The wow. fuck? Yeah. They say that you get more conservative as you get older. 
Oh, you, it only happens in magic with you, though, thankfully. <laughs> I don't yes. know. I just not ironically qu- quoted George W. Uh, these are strange times we live in. I just don't think that we should be allowed to elect anybody that can't pronounce nuclear. Like, it's just 35 or older, natural citizen can pronounce nuclear. That seems fair, hard. <laughs> and they said no child left behind, but my mom left me at like four gas stations. Oh, my God. Where was he when she was doing that? And a car dealership. She Why came a back. Car like, dealership. I don't, I don't. I don't even fucking know. I. She came back like four hours later. Realized that I was gone, and I was just there, just detailing cars. It took ah. her four hours to realize. Yeah, my. I like my parents are not great at being parents. When I was ten years old, my best friend's name was Arlene, and she was a fifty-eight-year-old woman that lived in Elizabeth. Oh my god! And sometimes I would like go hang out with her, and I would get on a train, and then I would take the train up and she would get on the train at Elizabeth and then we'd get off at New York Penn Station and like kind of go hang out in the city. They're not like super attentive parents. I did not realize it was weird until somebody saw a picture of me and Arlene and they're like, who is this? Is this like your grandma? And I was like, no, she's my my friend. friend. (laughs) That was my friend Arlene. They're like, you were just 10 years old, had a 58 year old insane woman best friend. Yeah, why not? And I was like, yeah, it's great. You don't? We would go into the city and then we'd like hide and like jump out and scream at people. Scare unsuspecting white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Normal stole... behavior for a 10 year old, but for the 58 year old. I'm... Yeah, she was the adult. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a lot of questions on that account. Yeah, we like we would go to like 31st and 31st and 33rd. And there was a cafe called Cafe 31 and they had really good sandwiches. I didn't have any money because I was a child and Mm -hmm. she didn't have any money because I believe that she was under some sort of conservatorship. And and we would go in there and we'd order the sandwiches and then they'd drop them off at the table and then we'd pick them up and we'd run. Wow. Did you do this at the same sandwich shop every time? We we got we got away with a lot of sandwiches before they started recognizing us. Put the fake mustache on. Sandwich, please. <laughs> I definitely won't steal it. We went to Virginia once together. That's Why? So far away for a 10 year old not with their parents. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just got to kind of just do whatever the hell I wanted. Apparently. Not good. <laughs> like, objectively, that's bad. But I also think that we've experienced a global overcorrection. I think you should let the child touch the stove. But maybe you shouldn't let the child go cross, somewhere. Cross state yeah. lines. Yeah, with lines. yeah, maybe you shouldn't let the child go across state lines. Like I think that I think that I think that the truth lies somewhere in between those two things. Like I think that it's probably I think I can safely say it's probably wrong to make sure that your like ten year old is eyes adult eyes on them at all times. They're awake and conscious. I like that's a bit much. And then I think that maybe letting them leave the state with an adult that the parents have never met um, may be a little too permissive. And I think that I think that reality lies somewhere in the middle. And I think the middle of that is let the child child touch the goddamn stove. You're really harping on the stove thing. (laughs) Just let them touch the stove. Just let them touch the fucking stove. Let them learn. Ashley, why the look of horror? It really I really should be accustomed to these things by now. I have a picture of Arlene somewheres. I just saw it while I was moving. Somewheres. There's just a picture of me and Arlene and like my aunt took the picture and she was like, who is that? And I was just like, it's my friend Arlene. And then Arlene marches into my aunt's house uninvited. And I was like, where's the chocolate milk? Oh, man. 
we're we're still imagining the gathering podcast right <laughs> yeah that's how i got the nickname harold like from harold and maude from arlene or magic the gathering no from being friends with with uh, uh you know <laughs> like which is a good movie goblin trash masters recommends harold and maude it's on our watch list. Yeah, yeah. We we have a we're gonna start a recommendation list. We're recommending some of this media that we mentioned, like Waterworld, Harold and Maud's on there. Um, swim fan. Swim fan, swim yeah, fan. for sure. Yep. I just think that it's a good I think that it's a good movie about an emo teenager falling in love with a dying elderly woman and their relationship. Adorable. It's very cute. That is cute. <laughs> Here at the Goblin Trash Masters, we love competitive magic and we want to see it flourish. We know that there are tons of local game stores that want to run competitive events like RCQs, but might not have the resources or experience to be willing to try. Maybe they have tried, but they're a little nervous about getting back on that horse. We're excited to announce a new program all about Comp REL that we're calling the Comp REL Assistance Program, or CRAP for short. CRAP is there to help your small or medium LGS run CompRL events like RCQs by providing them with support and materials necessary to run an outstanding event. Competitive integrity is our top priority, and we can help your store to break into the market of listeners like you. CRAP support involves either assisted hosting or remote consultation with our hosts who have a combined 23 years of tournament organizing experience. All participating stores receive a kit that contains everything they need to run a great and accurate event with things like an in-store event poster, table tents, deck registration sheets, and plenty of stickers and tokens to give out. Best of all, this assistance program is completely free of charge for your LGS and always will be. We offer assistance in the form of remote event planning via consultation or in-person hosting for stores within range of the Lexington, Kentucky area. Our goal is to do our part to support competitive magic not to try to make a profit off of your LGS. If you think that your LGS might be interested, have them reach out to us via our website. The instructions are available at www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. That's www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. Spelled C-R-A-P. Like how a child would say shit. Wait, that's been... That's been like that the whole fucking time. None of you fucking told me. We can't actually have this as the name. You know that, right? Everything's printed, bud. It's too late to change it. No, 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 no. We should call it something less awful. Like uh, the competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, that's way better. Jesus fucking Christ, you're both stupid. What about some dangerous trends? Speaking of speaking of allowing children to leave the state unattended with unknown adults, there are some dangerous trends that you can pick out. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Beautiful that's, segue. That's a beautiful segue. It's a beautiful segue. <laughs> and not the segue that my sister fell into um, the Lake Ontario on. Well, Nobody asked any questions. Nobody asked any questions. <laughs> this episode has to end at some point. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, so... There are some things that you just some spooky Ashley, give us an ooh. Give us a ghost sound. Oh. No, that's just a horny werewolf. God, <laughs> where's Lisa when you need her? Um. Oh my gosh, uh, I can't do anything right. And that's where we are. You know, like we know where we are, and we know what we need to improve on. But some dangerous trends that you can see is 
the the big one I think that a lot of people will say is I start strong but I stumble later in the, the later in the event and later round. So your win percentage should decrease as your in- opponent quality rises, right? Mm-hmm. This is normal. But if the dip is like super sharp and very sudden, there may there's probably other factors at work. The first thing, mm-hmm. get out of the way right now. Are you just cheating? Because yeah. cheating is the most effective way to win a bunch of early rounds without any effort and then not be able to keep doing that in later rounds. Like if you're just like, I'm going to pretend that this creature has haste, yeah. you'll get away with it <laughs> for the first few rounds while you're playing against randoms and people that are doing poorly. And then mm-hmm. as you start, as you start playing against better players that are more experienced, it'll be like that card does not have haste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you just like remove the morality of cheating question, cheating catapults you into a tier of player where you're not able to cheat without having you're you're not able to cheat anymore yeah yeah (laughs) like you're not able to do it anymore and it also lets you jump that up there without actually developing the skills necessary to survive against the competition imagine like imagine like it's like a video game and this is going to show how little i know about video games but imagine like you're you're really getting sick of this grind like i'm sick of grinding against these low level enemies this stinks and then you find a way to like sequence break and get to a later level where everything's way higher level. Yeah, you got to where you were trying to go, but now that you're there, you just do not have the ability to survive in this area. If it's Diablo 2, you're just taking your cell, your, your level 4 ass into cow hell. <laughs> yes, I love it. Everyone loses this way. Like, it's just bad. Don't cheat at magic. It's stupid. Yeah. It's, it's not real even... easy. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Mm-hmm. Also, like, just remember, even if you're like, I'm willing to cheat at magic, it, like, you're just not going to get away with it. At, no. Uh, you're not going to get away with it throughout an event. No. Like, it's not going to happen. You're just not going to be able like, it's not the 90s anymore. Like, you're just not going to be able to get away with it. Yep. It doesn't have any real benefit for you unless it's really important to you to say, like, you lost in the quarterfinals of your 30-person RCQ. If that's, like, a big deal for you, then I guess go ahead and cheat. Yeah, but don't be surprised when people call you out on it. The next one would be see if you're getting nervous. Yeah, that's that's a big Mm -hmm. one. You you would think, yeah, it's just I'm playing a game. It should be fine. Your nerves can get in the way Mm -hmm. of you playing, playing well, or even not even like playing super well, just playing even decent or good or just average. You know, like if you're nervous, you're sometimes you you forget what your cards do. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, if you feel like you're the type that gets nervous at more intense rounds, just remember, this is a game of magic. The round before it was a game of magic. The round before that was a game of magic. Round one was a game of magic. You won enough of those games. It's still just a game of magic. I think that for me, part of the reason I don't get nervous in these situations, regardless of how high stakes the match is, is that I just, when I'm there, I get to zoom all the way in. I'm not thinking about what happens if I win this match, what happens if I lose this match. Oh, no, I'm down a game. That's a whole, I don't even give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Like, I think I was in, like, the the, the semifinals of a Star City Open, and, like, a game ended, and I was like, is that 2-0 or 2, or do we have a third game? Like, the, the actual, the game before it is out of my mind. I'm literally hyper-focused on just this one game right now and if you take it one game at a time and i understand i understand that this is sounding like rushed sideline coaches interview platitudes but just mm-hmm. there's there's something to it just one but game yeah. at a time just look yeah, at there, the game 
there's a hundred percent something to it. And like, yeah, it's generic. It's like Friday night lights and like you're giving a speech or this is just like, you know, the locker room speech and miracle. But, you know, sports and magic have a lot of things that are similar. And if if like you said, take it one game at a time, it's so cliche. But if you just focus on like, hey, I'm winning this game. I have to play a game next next round. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to win this game. Not don't don't look at past, present, future or past or future. Just look at present. Like I'm sitting down, focus, winning this game. And then it's like, hey, Kyle, you made top eight or hey, you finished four two. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, did I win that game? Yeah. Okay, awesome. I'll look, tell me where to go now. Like I mean, and do can... whatever you need to do to to keep that focus. Because mm-hmm. not everybody can do that just boom like that. Well, and you can break it down even smaller, right? It's not even saying sitting down and saying, I'm gonna win this game. It's saying I'm gonna, you know. I'm going to pull my opening hand. Do I need to mulligan? Just break it down. Don't yes. don't focus on the end mm-hmm. goal of that, even that spot. You do that. You play your first. What am I playing my first turn? What am I playing my second turn? What am I playing my third turn? Break what is down. my opponent on once the, once they once they show once you it, like, oh, yep. it's this. Yeah. Yes. So annoyingly granular with it. I love yep. that. Yes. Just because mm-hmm. like the way the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. It might be a huge yep. undertaking. Yeah. Playing. 15 round a 15 round event is like a huge thing but you're not mm-hmm. playing a 15 round event all at once mm-hmm. you're playing 15 first to two wins and that yeah. each of those is two games and each of those is an indeterminate amount of turns and each of those is a step mm-hmm. or a phase and right. each of the you know, it has steps and phases just go smaller it's easy to yeah. get overwhelmed if you zoom out while you're playing we're to- this whole episode has been about zooming out right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you are running into this situation, then there's a good chance that you are zooming out while you should be focusing on a specific game. While you're playing, mm-hmm. you want to be focused on that game. And if you zoom out while you're doing that, you can get yourself vertigo real yeah. easy. Well, I often find yeah. that I forget which game I'm in in my match. because it's I'm a good sign. Yeah, because I'm focusing so hard on what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can be on game three and I'm like, oh, fuck, did I already... we're already on game three. We both... One, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and that's a good feeling to be at because you still mm-hmm. have a chance. But like, Absolutely. I just forget. It's yeah, you're, you're focusing on the, the correct things while mm-hmm. you're playing a game, because like if you zoom out in game, your mind starts racing and then you just come back to reality and go, oh, shit, what just happened? Yep. Back to reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, there goes, goes gravity. gravity. <laughs> no, I, spaghetti. I do have to say that at one point I was playing in, I think it was, I want to say it was a classic or something. I think it was like the top four of a classic and somebody, uh, one of the old Star City Games classics, and somebody had apparently walked past me and scratched me with a zipper on their backpack on my skin pretty bad. And like, we're like three turns in and my opponent's like, hey, you're bleeding. And I looked and I said, oh, okay, activate the Scarab God on your upkeep. Like it was just yeah, like the, like the just... amount of focus Anthony has when he plays magic, like I I I only hope to get even close to that because there have been so many times that like but my, my favorite story is we we're at a team event. We we lost and like both myself and Jordan are the team that lost, and I just go like uh, Anthony's still playing, he's playing mono green, he's in the pioneer seat, and they go, Hey bud, we lost, we're done. He goes, Yeah, okay. And then he just continues to do the loop. And I go, no, Anthony, we're done. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay. And then he just continues to play. He finishes the game. He beats his opponent. He goes, so what happened? I go, we lost like 30 minutes ago. And he's like, oh, I had no idea what was happening. 
Um, yeah. Another trend you might see is I tend to lose more than I should during the second day of two day events. Look, some people just aren't Saturday night party people. Yeah. <laughs> Not Anthony. Uh, it sucks, but you, you should cut back on your partying on Saturday nights and just go to bed, get a good night's sleep, eat breakfast. Like, don't go on a fucking bender. Like, <laughs> unless I'm still you're on the bender when I show up to fucking around yes. 10 the next morning. God help me, that fucking Durham trip. I was, <laughs> I was still going strong. And I showed up, <laughs> sat down, and just like, just annihilated every opponent that whole day. Just like, I did not, I don't think I lost a game day two. Would, would that be, cons- would, would that be considered performance enhancing drugs? I mean, if we're just like, I'm going to be honest. The Saturday night in Durham, <laughs> I think we took kind of a scattershot approach. So I think it's safe to say that some of the substances that I consumed that Saturday night could be considered performance enhancing just by the law of large numbers. Could you imagine if like magic players were like tested, like drug tested, like they would have like 30 people? <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't know. I know some people like take Adderall hmm. um, and it helps them. But that shit just puts me to fucking sleep. Telling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's why you have to mix it with. Uh, My God. My win percentage is lower than normal the first few rounds of every session. Maybe day one, day two, or maybe just a one day RCQ. The first few Mm -hmm. rounds, I start off worse and I get Mm -hmm. better as time goes on. Tells me that that's a focus issue. You're showing up to round. You're showing up to round one unprepared, frankly, Um, either mentally, materially both just yeah. have your fucking deck together have your deck list written out in advance don't be scrambling to write it at the last minute oh god players meetings happening for sacred foundry for goblin guide this is a sir this is red white burn we've had 12 years to write this deck list it has not <laughs> yeah, changed just just go to any website and print it out like yeah. but it's just uh it, it if your win percentage is lower than normal like in the first round so just it, it try to do things to reduce your mental stress. It's so easy. So you can just show up and play because you'll lose some games. You, sh- you honestly shouldn't. If you're just, if it's, you're not focused and you're, you're scrambling. It's not mm-hmm. worth it. <laughs> I always come with my deck list ready. It is written out or printed before Good. I show up. I have my deck together. Um, I always have my stuff, but I, I often lose that first round and that's just the mental unpreparedness. I, I struggle with that set of nerves going into that first game mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time, uh, almost every time. There have been times, exceptions, but yeah, I, it just takes me a minute to adjust, get my confidence in. And then um, mm-hmm. I have, I've seen an uptick too. Like I've been at a pioneer event where I was live for top 16 through round four, you know? So like it doesn't just, it doesn't always just die or drop off and lose after that. But yeah. you know, I can like, come I- back from it and, you know, going back to the first point, it doesn't always careen off a cliff. Sometimes it does, but you know. And if you look at all of your round okay. three game percentages and all of mm-hmm. your round 12 game win percentages, you'd expect your round 12 game win percentage to be lower just based on the quality of the Just that's an important factor to point out. Yeah. But like for you and for other people in this situation, my recommendation is like separate yourself. That last five minutes before round one gets pairs, splinter off from whoever you're there with. Don't be playing fucking games of magic just for fun and between like before round one. It's stupid. Yeah. Separate out. Do your check. Look, do I have my deck list? Do I have my dice? Do I have my life pad? Do I have the stuff I need? Okay, got it. Okay, got that. Take a deep breath. 
close your eyes. Imagine the physical sensation of drawing the first seven cards. Think about what you want to be seeing. Think about seven random cards from your deck and start thinking about, do I mulligan this hand? Do I keep this hand? Or even go on to like one of the websites, like on your phone, go to the one of the websites that lets you draw a sample hand and start making keeper mold decision. Get yourself warmed up and in that mindset then and there. Yeah, I, I've this modern season, I haven't been able to play as much as I want to, but in the, the events that I have played, my main focus was that, you know, removing myself from my friends and just people I knew, just everything. And whether I put, you know, music on or just like put my hood up on my hoodie and just remove myself and focus, be like, all right, it's about to start. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm not trying to like, you know, ignore everybody, but I'm just like, everybody leave me alone. I've, I've been having too much fun at events and then go sit down to play magic and be like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm, 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 I'm scrambling. I need to do something. I'm, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, again, back to a sports reference, you got to warm up, you got to get ready, you got to prepare yourself because this is a mm -hmm. game and it, it's, it's, it's mental, but it's, it is mentally taxing. And if you're not prepared, you know, and your nerves get to you and you're not playing optimally because of all this, you're going to drop those game, those match ones more than often. Absolutely. Um, next up, my win percentage drops off a cliff after a few hours. I think you're Water, probably just, snacks. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. I come think on. you're probably running out of steam. Yeah. Um, you're running We're out of steam. We're all human. Uh, do another bomb. Get yourself some food. Um, Most of us are human. <laughs> in all seriousness, just like. Yeah, only in Minecraft. Or, pack like water, pack a snack. Just make sure you've eaten. Definitely the water thing. And if you're feeling lightheaded, just pack a protein bar. Just like eat something in between rounds so you're not going to pass out when you're going dash this ragavan and fall over. Yeah. Also, you might just not have the mental stamina yet built up that you yes. need yet. Mm -hmm. It might not be like you're just like you need food and water. You could also yeah. just not have built up your mental stamina for something like this. Mm -hmm. And that's common, especially you find that all the time when people play like, you know, LGS three rounders all the time. Mm -hmm. LGS three rounder, LGS three rounder, LGS three rounder. And they're like, all mm -hmm. right, you're playing seven rounds and then a top eight. Like all of a sudden, like round four hits and you're just like, oh boy, I think I should be done playing magic now. Why am I still playing magic? The way to work on this. Push yourself. Like push yourself. Yes. Um, like if you're running and you find you're getting out of breath, the recommendation is always breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not gulping down air as much as you want it, but mm -hmm. you're developing yourself. You're 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 continuing that strain mm -hmm. and that struggle means that you're doing something right. If you are hitting resistance, that means you're doing something worth doing. If you and I say this all the fucking time, but if you don't hit any resistance, if something is super easy, you're probably not doing something worth. And that just applies mm -hmm. to everything. I think that you should keep playing when you're tired, when you're exhausted, yes. when you're just like, I'm dead for this tournament. Keep That's going. what I do. Yeah, this is always pushing. me. I, I do run out of steam. I I have a rough time with it. And but I still keep playing because I want to see more I want to see more decks. I want to see more matches and I want to push myself as far as I can. Yeah. And in every one that I've been in, I have not yet won an RCQ and everyone I've been in I've played to the end. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so and it gets better over time. The end of Swiss. Oh, oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> um, and the last one that uh, last example that I have is like, oh, my win percentage is worse at smaller events that I have a lower average skill level opponent. I, I just think I just think you're not focusing. It's a focus issue. You're playing down. 
you're playing yeah. worse against worse opponents. Don't you're playing down to your competition, and you shouldn't. You should play the way you play, no matter who's sitting across from you. Child, mm-hmm. don't underestimate people. Also, because yeah, if you lose the the, the kid, we're gonna merci- just roast you for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot, <laughs> of, a little, lot of talking. We're a lot just of got numbers. A little, <laughs> we got a little recap for you. Yes. Ashley's got a little recap for yes. everybody. Uh, keep track of your match win percentage, your game win percentage, and your matchup data. And you can use our spreadsheet that's available on the website, right? Um, or you can analyze it yourself. Write it down. Keep a notebook. Yeah. Um, Go analog. Yep. <laughs> um, and then once you identify what category you're in, do an honest assessment based on the things that we've talked about here and choose something to work on. You know, mm-hmm, if you're in mm-hmm. this one where you're picking an advanced skill, pick your advanced skill and work on it. Um, and then keep playing. Put yourself in positions to play against better opponents and rinse and repeat. We did it. Woo, you all ready for a guessing game? I'm always, always ready for a guessing, a guessing game. game. It's yeah. story time for this guessing game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to remind everybody how our guessing game works really quickly, and that is that each of the three of us have a specific card in mind, okay? Mm-hmm. And we are going to give each other crypt hints <laughs> as to what that card is. We can always ask each other yes or no questions, and the card we're thinking of has to do with the subject for tonight's episode. And our card that we have in mind is a card that made you realize that you were worse at this game than you thought you were. I have mine ready to go because it's oh. seared into my memory. How about you all? <laughs> oh, I got it. I have one. All righty. Uh, Ashley, even or odd? Even. All right. Kyle, you're going first. Hey, we've broken the trend. All right. <laughs> uh, I just have a very simple, simple cryptic hint. Y'all already know what the card is. Is it Yogmoth? Yeah, it's Yogg. Of course it's fucking Yogmoth. <laughs> like, I, what What other fucking card would I pick? Yeah, that's true. But I will say the story is not what you think with, okay. with, with Yogmoth. So okay. it has nothing to do with the combo. It has nothing to do with using his abilities for sacrificing. And it has nothing to do with him having protection from humans. Does it have to do with drawing the card against the Shieldred? No, but I, I, I like, I, I had to do that because I'm just like, all right, let's see if there's two cards on the top of my deck that could help. Nope, I'm dead. But it has to do with the proliferate text on, mm-hmm. on him because okay. that's something I always forget. And I, yeah, I believe it was against Burn where this came up, and it, it was to the point where I'm at like four or three, and I'm just like, I'm mega dead to a lot of stuff and he just has creatures i have a grist i'm like trying to muddy up the board as much as i can i have a few undying creatures with with counters on them and we're kind of just going back and forth and i'm like all right i think i've stabilized i think i have lethal no i'm like a couple off uh i swing and i pass and they draw their card for turn and i go Kyle, you fucking moron. You have two young wolves and a stranglerooot geist, and all of them have counters on it. You were two off. If you just discarded the fucking dumb card in your hand and proliferated, you would have won the fucking game. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Because it's always it. the part I forget about with Yogmoth. It's just like, oh, yeah, the plus one, plus one counters and minus one, minus one counters are a thing with the deck. Sometimes it's minimal beats, maximum effort, and you can just make all of your doggos and 
freaky spirit monsters really big. Mm-hmm. A fourth yeah, come on, it had to be Strangleroot Geist is a scary thing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big old beefy Geist. And Anthony just loves Strangleroot Geist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he Indeed. hates it. All right, Ashley, what Me? have you got for us? All right. My cryptic hint is one of the words in the title of this card is also a cooking term. So one of the words in the the is, title is the word in the title sear. Yes. Is it, is searing, it searing blaze? blaze? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so something that I came to this realization of, and I am certain one of you has said this to me before, but we've talked about before in modern where you don't always have to crack your fetch, right? If you're not, mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. not using it, don't crack your fetch and wait. I have mm-hmm. searing blaze in hand and I'm like, I don't need to crack this fetch right now because I have the option on their turn to crack the fetch in response to something. And sure enough, doing that twice in a game um, made me go three zero. So yeah, you went. You got to go. You got to go three damage and three damage rather than one damage and one damage. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can crack your fetch right away. That's good. Yep. That's good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that realization made me realize I have not been doing this this whole time, and that could have changed the texture of games so long ago if yeah. I had just your, paid attention. It was your aha those, moment. You're like, oh, shit. And it's one of those yep. things that, yeah, you could be told stuff like that mm-hmm. all you want, mm-hmm. but it isn't until you hit that yourself that it really clicks. Yeah. What's yours, right. Anthony? My cryptic hint is that I I entreat you, please let this be the terminus of this one hour and 40 minute recurrent session. Is it terminus? No. Hmm. Uh, has it seen play in blue-white control? Yes. Uh, modern blue-white control? When I play it. Okay. Uh, do you have to utter the phrase... Did someone utter the phrase, yours too, big guy? No. No. It's not detention sphere? No. No. Okay. That's a good pick. <laughs> okay, so it, we'll see. Is it a counterspell? Yes. Is it a counterspell for discard spells? <laughs> No. No, this is modern, so it wouldn't be brainstorm. Is the word end in it in the title? No. Okay. It is a blue card. Okay. okay. And it's kind of it does say counter it does counter spells. Counter spells. Spells. Does yeah, it have it storm? Count, does not have storm. Okay. Is it less than three mana? It is less than three mana. The mana value is less than three. Two? Is it two. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Does it draw a card? No. But okay. it's best friend can. It's best friend can. Oh, um, so two mana. Uh, is it one in a blue? No, blue blue. Yes. Best friend can. Best friend so can. Blue draw blue can. It's not counter spell like OG. No. Okay. No. Um, uh, is it Narcissus reversal? It... No. Okay. Does it scry? It doesn't, but it does love scrying. Oh, so oh oh oh. Is it fuck? Oh no, it's oh oh no, it's played in Legacy Miracles. Uh right. Yeah, it, it you, was, you, yeah. You flip a card and uh counter whatever if it matches the CMC. What is that called? Counterbalance. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's story time. Yes, I love counterbalance stories. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Counterbalance is the card that made me realize that. I was so much worse than I thought I was. Just the ability to use a brainstorm or a sensei's divining top back when that was legal mm. to line up the top two cards of your deck so that you know what your opponent wants to cast on is going to want to cast on each turn. 
like mm. just got to a point where I was just like looking at like the, the one drop in my hand as my opponent like pyroblast my Jace the Mind Sculptor. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the pyroblast in my hand as my opponent pyroblast my Jace the Mind Sculptor. And there's a three drop on top of my deck. And I'm just like, but if I had only <laughs> yep. done this differently, I don't need this pyroblast in my hand. I need it on top of the deck to counter their yep. pyroblast. And like that sort of, that was an example of the time I was just like, oh, wow. I don't you think really, there's... it needs to ask, a, it asks a lot. Yeah. I don't think there's a more humbling card than counterbalance really. And like with the decks that it plays. Yeah, you get to feel so smart or so dumb uh, and or so dumb while playing counterbalance and like playing against a good player who really knows what they're doing and they're playing counterbalance. It just felt miserable. It felt like they were five turns ahead of you the whole time because they were. All right. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.